Hello friends and welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Yes, it's raining outside. Yes, town didn't win at the weekend, but boy, it kind of felt like a win, didn't it? Um, wow, fantastic stuff from Macaulay Bond. We're going to get on to that. Of course, I'm your host, Mark Heath. With me, three of the five Kings, Andy Hutch Warren, still in Scotland, at a family wedding. I'm sure he enjoyed himself, but boys, probably not as much as you did on Saturday. You were paid to watch that on Saturday, you lucky, lucky boys. I'm going to come first of all to Roscoe. The phenom, the prodigy, the beard, the vanity, as we found out before we started rolling, insisting on pausing to do his hair. Rossi, last week you filmed now infamous footage of Mark Ashton going, yeah, at the end of the game, uh, which got which got 80,000 80, views and we were bigging it up. Really happy with ourselves, packing ourselves on the back. Little did we know that just a week later, that 80,000 views would be akin to a pebble on a beach in a sea of two million views for the Macaulay Bond goal behind the scenes, different angle we put out um, after the game on Saturday. Obviously, obviously, we'll talk about the goal in due course. That, of course, that tweet now no longer exists. So like Lance Armstrong winning seven Tour de France, it never happened, but it did happen, Ross. And you got two million views. You must be very pleased with yourself. How are you? R.I.P. That is what I have to say. Absolute madness. Uh, not the band who has the hit song Baggy Trousers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sad times that the video's gone. But two million people watched that video, um, which is just crazy. More what, than what country? Two more than two million. What, what, what country is that? What's up your heads? Who's got two million people who live there? More than... No, no uh, idea, but certainly more than quite a few countries. Um, it was retweeted by... God, in how many different languages I, I lost count. Uh, unbelievable. Arabic, I even saw being used to tweet about it, which is fantastic. Spreading the Kings of Anglia brand across the world. We're already global, but now we are even more global. Um, and in terms of global fame, it doesn't come bigger than Mike Bacon, the big porker, La Porcine. I can't think of any other, other nicknames for you, Mike, off the top of my head. Um, we'll just call you Mr. Bacon. How are you, my friend? Um, how's things? Mm. Well, I'm not too bad, Heathy. Thank you very much um, for that little introduction again. Um, yeah, it's great to be on again. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, that was an exciting Saturday. Was, I was, I've been put out this morning, so I thought I heard a Christmas record on my radio this morning on the Alexa, which has rather freaked me a little bit with it raining as it is and all the rest of it. Um, but I think I've got, have you anyone got an Alexa? My Alexa seems to do its own thing. Um, you sort of talk to it, but it, it just plays it. So it's a bit like the wife. It sort of does what it wants. <laughs> and, um, and so I came through the kitchen and, and um, do they know it's Christmas was playing, which was what? shocked me. So, yes, I know. I don't know where it came from. I, I'm sure it wasn't. Are you, are you yeah, sure? I'm, are you sure that's not Tracy? That strikes me something. Well, well she's not here. She's not here. So she's not oh. she's here this morning. So I don't know what's happened. So I, I've obviously said something out loud. Um, probably, I've sworn probably out loud. And it's probably thought, well, I'll play your Christmas record. If that's what you asked for, which I did. Yeah. So that confused me slightly. Um, but apart from that, he's no, I'm very good, thank you. Um, not too bad at all. And yes, I enjoyed the uh, two million. Um, I don't often praise uh, Ross for anything, as you know. And um, I'm probably not really going to start now, to be honest. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there you go. R.I.P. Um, yeah, there you R. go. R.I.P. It never happened. Stewie, what definitely happened on Saturday was that you were at Portman Road to watch the 1-1 draw with Sheffield Wednesday. First of all, my friend, you're wearing a shirt today, looking very smart for this podcast. Um, how are you? I'm good, thank you. We should probably point out is normally we talk about shady Archant figures on this podcast. It's sh shady, shady EFL figures, shady broadcast figures mm -hmm. that have uh, that have meant that Ross's fine work is uh, is no longer available. Um, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. It was it was good Saturday. I wouldn't go as good as your intro, 
but you know it was, it was okay frequently i overhype things to you as we know um so i'll i'll rein that in a little bit why are you wearing a shirt mate you're not actually i mean you are technically at work but you are at home uh the truth is everything else is in the washing slash ironing basket okay so fair play that, i appreciate I, pre- I appreciate the look now then boys um as we say, one-one at the weekend. It looked like it was going to be one-nil to the Owls, and it was going to be another another home defeat for Town, another kind of um, <clears throat> nail early in the season in terms of bad results. But it wasn't. It finished one-one, and I said in the intro there, it kind of felt like a win in the end. And I, I know actually in game day, Rossi, our old friend David, actually kept referring to it as a win. He said that you know I enjoyed the win, and then kept having to kind of correct himself because. That's the way it felt, wasn't it? Um, coming away from the game, Sue, what did you make of it all? Um, I don't know if it did feel like a win to me. It felt like a draw. It was a draw. Um, I, know, I know it was a draw, Stewie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this will forever be the game that's remembered for the Macaulay Bond piece of sneaky sneaky play at the end. Um, it's been a while since, since football's seen a goal like that. I kind of remember... The one that sticks in my mind is Dion Dublin and Shay Given from the nineties, and um, so to—I was going to say—to see a goal like that in person was great, but I don't think anyone in the press box actually saw it because it happened in the last minute. The goalkeeper plucks the ball out of the air, and heads go down collectively to start writing intros. Yeah. And, um, and we all heard the crowd and looked up, and suddenly Bond's kind of dancing around and keepers flailing on the floor ball goes in and we're all going what happened i don't know we're all sort of charging around trying to see what happened and and then finally we saw the replays but um yeah i love that goal that will that will forever stick in the memory i think actually in some ways it's one of my favorite ipswich town goals um just because of the the cheekiness of it and the execution as well because there was still a lot of work to be done um ipswich did not deserve to lose that game no way at all um, they could have actually won it at the end with with Harper going through, probably, well, had to square it to Bonn. I'm not sure they would have deserved to win it either, if I'm honest. Um, had the better chances in this game, no doubt about it. I don't know if they were on the front foot for long enough periods to say that they would have been deserved winners. The second half was, was drifting a little bit for me. Didn't look like that goal was coming um, until Bonn's bit of quick thinking. Mm. Should we talk about the, the Bond goal? Because clearly that's the main incident and we'll get on to talking about the game. Um, Mickey, Stewie there references Dion Dublin goal from, from I think that was the late 90s, wasn't it? I go back, my friend, and I'm sure you probably do, to a goal in the 80s. I think it was about 87, 88, 89, something like that. Gary Crosby sneaking up behind Andy Dibble, who had the ball in his hand like this as he was about to kick it. And he, he headed it out of his hand. Um and then scored and it was allowed. Obviously, nowadays there would be a furore if that happened. That's what I think of when I see goals like that. Um, what did you what did you make of it? And also the question, which is kind of on everyone's lips, and you might be able to shed a bit more light on, is what the hell were his defenders doing? Why was no one telling him that Bond was standing behind him? Furore. I like that word. Good word. Good I've word. I've got lots of um, words. You've got lots of good words. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what, what a, what a, I do remember that the Andy Dibble, the Andy Dibble incident, it was extraordinary. Um, and as I say, as Stuart rightly said, um, the first, my first reaction when the goalie got the ball was everybody's heads go down and start writing intros. Um, and there's a, the big kerfuffle afterwards. What the defender, I have no idea because he was actually behind him for quite a while, wasn't he? I, yeah. When I, when I actually looked at the, when I heard about it, I thought he must have literally sneaked behind him and just touched. Be, <laughs> it was like he's behind you for, it must be 10 seconds at least. And, 
although your defence runs away at that point or looks... It, it, I mean, I can't believe he hid behind him like a behind a tree so perfectly. <laughs> every, every angle, no defender could see him. Right in the blind spot, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, in the blind, blind spot of every defender. It's bizarre. I mean, you've got to feel sorry for for um, for Peacock for Pharrell because obviously he's going to... But I mean, he's quite right to ask, could did nobody else see it? I mean, he's behind... It's absolutely bizarre. It's brilliant from Bond. I loved it. I, I love that bloke's passion for the club and his just sheer willingness. He's he's basically single-handedly doing it for Ipswich at the moment, up front, front mm. particularly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what would defence do? Somebody must have seen him. I can't believe I love, I love the crowd's involvement in it as well. It was like a collective goal. It was almost like they had an assist in that. Because my favourite part is Macaulay Bond sort of puts his hand out behind him as if to say, shush. You know, you're in on this. And and they all oblige. I mean, for everybody in the crowd to kind of play their part in uh, not giving the game away was brilliant. And he was like a stalking lion, wasn't he? Just sort of tiptoed and crept. And yeah, it was brilliant. I love it. Yeah, that was particularly um, view viewable in the video that, that now doesn't exist. You could actually see Bon giving it the to the crowd kind of quieting down as he as he as you say snuck up on his prey rossi you filmed that video which now doesn't exist um what did what, what did you think was going on because obviously i think you, you start filming as as bond kind of runs off the pitch didn't you mm. um and i guess you're thinking well it's come to nothing and then you see him kind of start to snake behind the keeper um so what are you thinking are you thinking that something's on here yeah, normally by that time, I sometimes stop, like, you know, I'll just film a bit of the attack. And, you know, in the 90th minute here, and I thought, you know, I've got to still film because just in case there's a moment and I can celebrate, the, you know, the capture the fans. And I just I just kept watching him going a bit closer and closer. And I was like, surely the goalkeeper's going to look behind him in a minute. And I'm yeah. just like thinking, he's behind you, mate. Like the pantomime thing, he's behind you. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, I'll keep recording, keep recording. And I thought, he's just going to boot up field and then that would be it. But no. We know what happened afterwards, and then I thought because actually McCauley did really well in terms of actually because he, he had a chance to score himself, and then he had to mm. control it and then pass it into Scott Fraser, and then he uh, went on to Chaplin scoring. But um, yeah, that's fantastic, and as you said, the fans bit plan apart as well because yeah, some fans couldn't have been like going oh, but they're yeah. lucky they kept quiet. And as Stu said, you see Bond with his hands there, like Shh. yeah. I mean, if that if if that's at Hillsborough, that doesn't happen, does it? Because the, no. the crowd go mental. No. Um, yeah. Whereas it was it was the reverse at, at Portman Road. You're right Apparently, to say, though, Dominic Iorfa was trying to tell him. I, I, right. I can't really I see from the footage, but I think he was trying to tell him. It's a bit naive from the goalkeeper, to be honest. Who apparently has made a couple of ricks in his in his previous two games as well. When you catch a cross like that in the 90th minute and you're one 0 up away from home, normally you you fall right to the floor, lay on top of it, kill a, kill kill another 30 seconds or so, run down the clock. So. Um, He'll be kicking himself. Well, I just don't know how he didn't know because, of course, he collected a ball from Macaulay after he, yeah. you know, Macaulay kept it on. So surely he would have met, but maybe he thought he ran back. But Macaulay sort of like stopped for a second. And I hear Macaulay has done that a lot in his career. Um, and it's he? actually paid off this time. So there we go. Yeah, he said that, didn't he, in his post match yeah. thing that he's tried it several times in his career. Mm. Um, and norm normally the goalkeeper has a little glance or someone says something. But um, yeah, great stuff. In the in the sport which I spend most of my time, other than professionally, obviously football, I spend most of my time with. But in my uh, in my spare time and other things, I, I'm deep into fight sports, as we all know, boys. Um, and there's a term fight IQ, which we saw at the weekend. Alexander Usyk boxing rings around Big AJ. Um, so is this an example of football IQ, Mike? Because not everyone would have even thought to to do that. 
Well, I mean, you'd have to say yes, wouldn't you? I mean, because you're absolutely spot on. Many There's lots of people who would not have thought to do that. I would suggest 95% of strikers would have thought to do that. It's a very few elite, a very few strikers would have thought to do what Bond did. I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, look, obviously not seeing that live at the time, live at the time and see it very quickly afterwards and then seeing the, the, the RIP video, you know, then, you know, it's, it's just <laughs> extraordinary. And um, it's just, it's just extraordinary. It's just like, I thought I'd seen it all with Bryn Gunn, you know, Miss Kick in the back. I thought that was the most bizarre who? thing I've ever seen at Port Road. But this was... Sorry, who? Bryn Gunn? Brian. Welsh now. Bryn. Bryn. <laughs> I, I think we have a contender here for, for Rossi's crown as, as worst pronunciation king of, of Kings of Anglia. Um, we've had the Fajitis, <laughs> Dib Clay, and now we've got Bryn Gunn. Um, and also, Bryn Gunn. I always called him Bryn. Did you? Yeah, because I didn't want to call by his first name. But anyway, but okay. so that was, you know, that that was extraordinary. But I mean, this was, oh, I don't know. I mean, I've, you've you've just got a hand. I mean, the, I think it was more extraordinary because it's 90th minute as well. I mean, this could have happened in the 15th minute or 20th. But the fact it was the 90th, as Stewie said, any goal he really, he should have just fallen flat on the board and sat there. And the best thing about it is there's still loads of work to do. Bond then yeah. has to keep, you, the adrenaline must be absolutely pumping that I've tried this dozens of times in my career it's actually paid off i've got the ball and then he could have he could have panicked he could have just stabbed it into the goalkeeper or you know but to keep his feet to keep his cool you know to slow everything down to pick out fraser who then had to be really cool himself and pick out another pass and chaplin still had to to fire into the net i mean cook sort of joked that he scuffed it and he would have never have uh, forgiven him if it hadn't gone in there's a lot to like about that goal and um it could be a big point when we look back on it um, that, you know, they've gone to Lincoln, they've ground out that first win and OK, they haven't backed it up with another win, but at least they didn't lose again. And that's the Mick McCarthy phrase. If you can't win it, make sure you don't lose it. And, um, you know, they're not fully there yet. There's still a lot of work to be done. But the, the big thing for me from this game was that they looked solid again. They didn't give up many chances. They've conceded one goal, a, a worldie of a, a volley from outside the box. But other than that, Sheffield Wednesday didn't didn't really threaten at all, really. Ipswich and Ipswich had uh, the majority of the chances, so yeah, I, I'm feeling reasonably positive that that's another another step in the right direction for Ipswich. Yeah, had they lost that game, it would have been different, wouldn't it? The whole feeling would have been different. As it is, they got a, they got a point, they played all right, uh, and as you say, Stu, the big takeaway there is they're looking so much more solid than they they were just a couple of weeks ago when they got absolutely destroyed by Bolton at home. Um, things have really tightened up there. What did you make, Stu, uh, the game of the whole, first of all, of the uh, the team? Kind of, I mean, obviously, we didn't know that Lee Evans was going to be the one injured, and we certainly then wouldn't have expected Idris El Mazzouni to step into the starting role, but he's come in and he's done a, a brilliant job, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought, I thought he had a good game. It was certainly a surprise to see him in the team. I think John Nolan is back training now, whether he's just not deemed sort of fit enough to be going into games at, at the moment. You'd have looked at those central midfield options a week or so ago and thought Idris was was right down there. But by all accounts, everyone I speak to says he's been really good in pre-season. He's been really good training with the first team. Um, when Paul Cook said that he'd found a new role for Raheem Harper after the Lincoln game, I kind of took that with a pinch of salt. I didn't necessarily think that he'd been absolutely pigeonholed into a, a new number 10, having started the first, what, six, seven games in, in those deeper midfield roles. But it looks like that's the case. He, Idris has jumped ahead of him to play in one of those two holding roles. Rakeem's come on as a number 10 again. Um, 
and he and he and he did well, Idris. He was uh, a bit like the Newport game, really. We've always known him sort of through under twenty threes football and cup games as being a sort of a an attacking midfielder. We've seen him sort of play on the wing. We've seen him play just behind the striker. But in that Newport Carabao Cup game, he looked good with the play sort of ahead of him. Um, he can pick a pass, and he's uh, and he he likes to tackle as well. So I, I thought he did. I thought he did pretty well. He's probably one of the if you were picking out two or three of their outfield players, I would say he'd be uh, he'd be in there. He, he did well. Mm. Mike, what did you make of of the performance in the game and, and players? I know in your ratings, um, I don't know if you use the same Kylie Minogue kind of imperceptible feeling scale that the Hutchie does. <laughs> I but, did, yeah, um, yeah <laughs> you did, yeah. Um, you you were praising Matt Penny as well. Um, obviously Idris, I think you said had a good game. I can't remember the other one you gave an eight to now off the top of my head. Um, but goal. yeah, the goalie. That's it, Pladke. Um, you said it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, again, I mean that's that's worth worthy of note, isn't it? Because we were talking last time about who should start in goal. And we all had our own views, but Hadke got the start. And other than the goal that he conceded, which he had absolutely no chance with, I mean, that was a, a beautiful strike. No one would have got anywhere near that. Um, he's done well. What else impressed you? Well, look, first, before we go any further, I mean, the match ratings are an absolute nightmare to do. I mean, the, the, the Hutch man usually does that. Is the is, is the man does the race. It's the biggest. It's the biggest one. Story of the week, guaranteed abuse online. You're going to guarantee yourself as soon as you put it out there. Um, you know, was was Bacon at the game? What match was he watching? So I, I I don't mind doing Ducks War for Ducks back to me, but um, I, I I don't just contrary to popular belief, we actually don't just sort of make them up before the game and then just add the words <laughs> at the end. You know, we don't sort of just change all numbers. But um, I thought Haladi has it. What was it, Ross? Nothing. Right. Um, I thought Halaki. There we go. Thank you. Um, I thought we played really well. Um, I mean, <laughs> apart from his first, we'll go back. We'll go back to the first minute later on in the in the in the broadcast. I'm sure because that's mm. to do with my corner. But anyway, that's neither in or there. Apart from the first, Rick with, I think it was Bur Burgess in Burgess, the first, yeah. first minute. They got in a bit of a pit, and I must confess, at the time, I'm thinking, oh my goodness. But after that, he did nothing wrong, really. He came out for corners. He was punching strong. He had a couple of long shots saved hard into his chest. His distribution was decent. I mean, he just, I thought he did really well. Um, I thought, um, yeah, I thought Idris, I thought Elmazini did really well as well. I mean, a bit of a surprise on the old, um, on the team sheet, let's be honest. I mean, with all the stars they've signed, apparently, all the legend stars they've signed, they, they you know, was the first one of the only youth players there. You know who's who's got a starting lineup there in the starting lineup. I thought he did really well. And as Stu said, likes to tackle, good passing. Um, I thought Matt Penny did well on the left as well. Um, another one who's coming for a little bit of flag. I mean, these players, you, you know, they're still finding their feet. A lot of them with the with the setups and stuff. I thought Penny did well. I thought he was quite good, good down the left. In fact, that's quite positive really because Coulson's good, Penny's good. That's a couple of good got a couple of good things there. The only thing I slightly still struggle with is this formation, and I will keep going on it. But this four two three one because. I just find we've got so many attacking options and yet we play one up front and we play people wide. So, well, I don't know how many, I, I just can't see how many of our defensive midfielders are going to score a lot of goals. I can't see Lee Evans score a lot of goals. I can't see Imozuni score a lot of goals. I can't see Sam Morsey score a lot of goals. So it's got to come from these front four. And when you've got people very wide, and you're putting crosses in. You've only got Bond in there. That's why Bond's doing everything at the moment. I'd there was a couple of there was a few occasions, wasn't there? I think in the first half where crosses flew across the six yard box that were begging out to be attacked. Attacked, um, and there wasn't anyone there, especially when Bond's the one that kind of 
runs the channel and he was the one putting the cross in and then you got nobody in the box to to attack it. Um, I do think sometimes in football it's a bit oversimplified that play more strikers, play two up front is always the, the first thing that people say and then if you're not scoring then play three up front and play four up front. You know, it's not... It's not always that simple. Man City play with one up front. That doesn't doesn't affect them their ability to score goals, does it? But I know what you're saying. You know, when the, you've got Piggott and Norwood and, and people like that. Um, Selina, he was a bit quieter than he was at, at Lincoln, um, but he, they got him involved a bit more as a number 10. I mean, you hadn't seen the Lincoln game, had you, Mike? And you, no. you turned to me in the first half and said, still struggling to get that number 10 sort of really in, in the game. It was a bit like that, wasn't it? Yeah. I think in terms of play this number 10, if you're going to play a number 10, he really has to dominate. The, well, dominate. He really wants, he should be on the ball so much. And I've seen enough home games now. I think Fraser's been in there. I think Chaplin's been in there. I think um, now Selena's been in there. And I've never felt one of them has completely dominated this match and, and pulled all the strings. So I don't know. That's just where my 4-4-2 comes back, I suppose. But yeah, have a couple of people wide, but you can have one of those two in the middle of the park and get one gets forward, one stays back, one gets forward, one stays back. You know, don't have to both go forward at once or both stay at once. But as Stewie said, that, that, the, the, Ipswich are looking at decent seats, a decent side. There's got the, You can clearly tell the quality of the players. It's going to start coming, I think, hopefully yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Rossi, what did you make of it all from your, your pitch side position where you certainly didn't do any filming of the game? Yeah, um, I agree. I agree with Mike. There, we've got so many attacking options. I, I like to up front. I'm I'm just old school like that. I liked, you know, I'm not that old, but I just like to up front. And that's what I go with. Um, and you got Joe Pickett, McCauley Bond. I think they'll be perfect partners, you know, as a, a front two. But we'll we'll ignore that because Paul Cook loves he's a four two three one or whatever formation he uses. Um, I agree once again with Matt Penny. I thought he had a fantastic game coming in for Colson. You know, Colson has been fantastic down that left, and Matt Penny comes in, gets his former side. Um, and I, I hear that Darren Moore did offer Matt Penny a contract, so um, I'm sure he just wanted a fresh start, and he's got a chance here, and he did really well. Um, yeah. Tom Carroll thought did all right as well. Um, once again, in the transfer a couple of weeks ago, we in the ratings, and um, he's once again just solid, just solid player, some tidy touches. Um, didn't do anything amazing, but he just was just under the radar. Good performance from him. And uh, just an all-round decent performance from everybody. Um, as Stu said, I think Selena was a bit quieter on his mm. homecoming. It wasn't the homecoming he probably wanted. I'm sure he wanted to get a goal or something. But uh, I'm but sure still... Adrenaline probably got him through yeah. that Lincoln game the previous week. You know, he'd been waiting to to play. And he's had no pre-season. As he's had, he's had COVID. He's had a heart problem. He's not trained for weeks. Um, maybe that was just, yeah, the adrenaline got him through the first one and was just a bit quieter there. It'd be interesting to see. I'm sure we'll get onto Doncaster at the end, whether, you know, they feel we can go again a few days a few days later against Doncaster. There's probably no need to to risk him when you've got the options that, that you've got, would be my mm. feeling, but we'll get onto that in a bit. For those who, who weren't at the game, one of my big concerns going into it was um, Shadipo uh, on, on the left-hand side, who um, obviously is, is one of... Wednesday's best players. That's a side that Town have struggled at, particularly. Uh, no need so to worry. Don't need to worry. He took care of him, did he? There was. It was, was just, he... just solid. Yeah, typical yeah. Janoy again. Really, he's, he doesn't. As we keep saying every week, he doesn't bomb forward. He's not. He's not creating overloads and overlaps. But that's probably not what Ipswich need at the moment. They just needed to settle down and get more solid. There was one gorgeous. Gorgeous slide tackle in the first half that got a Portman Road roar that he came racing across. 
one of those slide tackles, not only do you time it right, but you hook your foot around and sort of win the ball as well. So, um, yeah, solid, solid, as always with JD. Yeah, I mean, Cook called him the best 1v1 defender at the club, didn't he, last week's year when you spoke to him pre-match, which is which is praise indeed for a man who's so long kind of toiled in the shadows at town. Feels like he's maybe getting a bit of the uh, a bit of the line right now, deservedly. Um, I also, on on the subject of beautiful bits of play, that the the diagonal pass from Selena, I think it was to release Burns, was it? Was it was that what you called sumptuous, Stu? Because that was an unbelievable. Yeah, it was a ground pass, wasn't it? Like yeah. a reverse reverse pass sort of looked one way and and yeah, yeah, through the eye of the needle. So you could there's just little signs with with Burson at the moment of, of that sort of class. Yeah. you know. Um but yeah, just need to get him up, up to speed and sort of do, being able to do that sort of more consistently over over the 90 minutes. But um that will come. Yeah. Um, any other points from the game, boys? Anything? I mean, we've talked there about positives and negatives, really. Darren Moore said after the game there were more positives for Wednesday than there were for them, and they were fortunate to get a point. Mike, do you would you agree with that? <laughs> well, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the point being gained in the manner it is, I suppose slightly fortunate. But look, what I like about Ipswich Town is that you could. You can see the players they have signed are quality players. I spoke to Chaplin after the game, Connor Chaplin. He said, mm. "He said this is a quality squad. I've had one of the most this biggest quality squad I've ever been in, and that includes in my championship days." You cannot deny these players can play, right? They are good, technically good footballers. And Morsey, I think, coming in, Sam is going to make the team even stronger. I mean, Fraser can play, you know, Selena can play, Bond, but Piggott, all right. The defenders are looking okay. That. The whole thing is starting to come together together slowly. My only concern is I don't think Paul Cook has any idea what his best team is. He's starting to get there, but he's mm. still struggling with bits. And that's where we're still going to be a little bit more patient. But as regards the team and the players, I think there's some very good footballers in that squad. I mean, like Harper came on. OK, it's a 10-minute cameo or whatever it was, but suddenly just bursting. I mean, how many clubs are going to have substitutes like that they can bring on, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, 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 look at last season and the bench. That, that would be... The comparison for me now, Ipswich yeah. of the last couple of years that you return into the bench and I we might chuck Ollie Hawkins on in the hope with the greatest respect that he creates a bit of carnage or Aaron Drynan or whoever else was on the bench. Sorry, Mark. Um, How dare you? I mean, Norwood wasn't even on the bench at the weekend, having played really well in the Cup against West Ham. Um, that's where Ipswich are at, at the moment. Morsi still wasn't available. Carl Edwards still injured and you still got those options to come off the bench. And the hope is that not only do Ipswich start to really sort of find their feet, find their chemistry, but that squad depth, I think, in when, when the pitches get heavier, when the injuries start to come, when the games come thick and fast, as others sort of tire... Ipswich will will sort of come on strong and they'll be able to hit the hit their straps as as the season goes on. That that's that's got to be the hope at the moment. Mm. I think also, I think also Stewie. Sorry, I think also Stewie. If you notice Paul Cook's reaction when he came down to talk to the press afterwards, he was quite he was quite comfortable. He was in a good place. You know, he wasn't he wasn't frustrated, even though it's one one. You, you you know, I think the first thing he said was, oh, "That's a good game, lads, wasn't it? that's a real good game of football?" I'm pleased the way we played. You know. He's almost slightly relaxed. I think he can start to see a few things. It's just not quite there yet. But I think in the grand scheme of things, you can see that upward sort of upward trajectory. Upward trajectory. The green shoots. Are we allowed to use the phrase green shoots no. after the Evans statement of last season? But yeah, you can. You can. I think yeah. in this context now, you can actually. They're not. They're not false positives that we're. We're not 
grasping at straws when we're looking for these. I think Cook is right. You can start to see, and I'm not going overboard with this. I'm not no. saying that the corners turned and we're on our way because there's a lot of there's a lot of work to be done there still, and there is quite a lot of damage to be un, undone. I know there's still a long, long way to go, but Wigan and Sunderland won again, and if Ipswich are, you know, Ipswich were targeting not only top six, they were targeting top two, and they've left themselves a lot of work to do, and they need to put together a real good run. So um, they need to do start doing this now, sooner rather than later. But, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that it's uh, it's all going to start coming together. Green shoots all over the bloody gaff. Um, how was Cook after the game, Stewie? Because obviously he's been up and down for, for various reasons um, over the last few weeks. Relaxed, how, yeah. yeah. As Mike as Mike said, obviously, you know, he'd, got, he'd gone through an emotional roller coaster on and off the pitch over the last couple of weeks with his father dying, with a with a Bolton game. He looked, understandably, looked like he'd gone through the ringer after that one um, with, with the five goals conceded and then the West Ham Cup game. But, yeah, look, looked... Um, you know, he's obviously had his father's funeral now. I'm sure he's had a bit of closure uh, with that off the pitch and then probably a sense of things starting to turn on the pitch as well. So as Mike said, he said, normally sometimes you come out as a manager, you say certain things, but your body language probably betrays the words that you're saying. Genuinely, to this time, he said, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable and happy with what we've seen. You know, like he knows that there's, there's things that they need to improve on, but I think he, he feels that... What he wants is starting to starting to show now. As I say, the big thing for me is they didn't look like conceit. They weren't. They're not wide open. They haven't been wide open in the last couple of days. To go from that Bolton game to then Lincoln and Sheffield Wednesday, a clean sheet, and then really giving up very few chances was was good for me. And we know there's goals in this team. They could have scored more goals in this game. I don't think they were. I don't think they were massively fluid throughout the 90 minutes going forwards, but Bon has a really big chance one-on-one -on -one in the, the third minute, which could have completely changed the tone, just hit it. I think it was one of those where he's probably got a bit too much time to think about it. Um, he had a couple of chances in the second half as well. I mentioned various crosses that threw, flew through the box. So I don't think anyone's got any concerns about Ipswich, this Ipswich side having goals in it. The fear was that they you know, they were too open and, and um, they've answered a few questions on that now. Just by way of dotting the I's and crossing the T's, Mike, obviously Town did did score another goal, but it was disallowed. Um, fair enough. Yeah, nice move as well. Nice move. That's a, that's I mean, that's the talk about guess I'm getting in the six yard box. Burns was in there like a you know, like a wrapped up a drain pipe, but that's not even the right <laughs> phrase. Um, so it, it, <laughs> anyway, no, I mean the, the, the beauty of that was what a lovely move, but that's what you want to see rather than poor poor McCauley Bon always there we're, we're aiming at. And great to see Burns getting in there. Nice move, yeah, he was offside. I tell you what, before we move on, Scott Fraser is a bit of an enigma, isn't he? We talked a lot about him being sort of a uh, square peg in a round hole um, out wide in those early games, but he's growing on me in that, that wide position. Okay, he's not, I don't think he's ever going to be one that fans absolutely love because he's not got that dynamism, he's not got that pace, he's not got that energy, but he, I tell you what, he's a classy player and he looks like he can find an assist out of nowhere with a moment of quality. And I think he's one that a lot of people, when we were talking in the press box about who comes off next, Fraser was a name that we all kind of spoke about. And I think a lot of people in, in the ground would have said, you know, he needs to come off. But Cook said, I, I stuck with him because I just think he's got a moment in him. And of course, he's the guy that comes up trumps and has that assist at the end. And is there any other player on the pitch that holds their nerve and picks out Connor Chaplin the way he did? And, 
you mentioned that Burns offside goal. That was his cross that, that yeah. went into the box that Bond that Bond flipped on. Going back to the Lincoln game the previous weekend, he had some some lovely crosses through the box as well. So um, he's got some assists in him, Fraser. I think they've yeah, I like him. He's a classy player. Just by way of edutainment, boys, which is what we're all about, of course, might use the term rat up a drain pipe, which of mm. course means a rat climbing a drain pipe. It is mm. possible they do that. Just been just been researching while you boys have been talking there. Due to flexible vertebrae and rib cages, rats are able to squeeze into tight spaces mm. and even round the U-bend of a toilet. Mm. So so don't a friend, have a, friend of, a friend of mine, a friend of mine had a rat in their loft. So really? um, it, yeah, so it, it must have got well, I assume it was one. It could have been two. I don't know, but uh, it must have got up there through the drain pipe, mustn't it? It got up. It didn't climb. Didn't climb up the wall, did it? Don't have nightmares, boys. Um, when you, you're having your daily constitutional, that, that the rat could well just appear. You know, hello. Um, by way of drawing a line under the game and that and that entertaining aside, shall we reflect on our rank failure in million pound picks uh, and Mike's kind of. I suppose trifling for you, Mike. Loss of five k personal. Um, my bet was was one was town score first and one one at half time. Obviously, that didn't come off. So five k down the toilet there, straight into the mouth of a rat, perhaps. Um, Rossi, what was your bet? I can't remember. Um, according bond the score any time and a two one win. So I was close. I was close. Ooh. Close, yeah. Stewie. Yours was similar, wasn't it? Mine was, yeah. I think it had to be a draw at half time in Ipswich to win. So, sorry, Andy, that's gone. So, that's 15k down the old Warren uh, tubes there. Mike, you weren't technically included in the fictional money because you, you took 5k personal out. A uh, good job no one um, encountered you on the way to Portman Road because you must have been weighed down with that cash. Um, but, but it's all gone, mate. Yes, well, obviously uh, it has all gone and it went in bizarre circumstances, if you don't mind. If you remember my 5k, which I wasn't included in because Andy. Hutch wouldn't leave me the money because he couldn't trust me and said I got enough anyway. Um, I, so, I, so, I, so I went to the bank and got my own money out. And uh, yes, I got evens actually. Not uh, I thought I might get two to one, but I got evens on the uh, um, on the uh, first corner for town was what I was going to put it on. Um, but bizarrely, um, I, I can only assume I've been, my, someone's heard what I was going to do because, and they must have come from the Sheffield Wednesday end. That's all I could assume because the bizarre circumstance of the first corner was to Sheffield Wednesday. And when... Burgess headed behind, what's his name? Haladny. For a <laughs> oh, we've got an end in there now. Excellent. 20 seconds in. I mean, it was as though somebody said, you watch me stitch that idiot up. We'll have a Sheffield Wednesday corner in the first 30 seconds. My bet, um, I couldn't, my bet could not have gone on any shorter period of time if I'd said they kick off with a header or something. I uh, mean, bizarre. <laughs> so not very happy, to be honest. I, I, some, something, there's been some skullduggery here. Just like to it. just like to add in there for, for a legal point of view, allegedly. Um <laughs> well, allegedly, <Scott>. yeah. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I have no I have no idea what happened there. Um we're already in trouble with the EFL for Ross's yeah. filming. Let's not bring any more unwanted. It's not accusations of, of, of match spot spot match fixing on town. Well, I, no. I'm not saying <laughs> I, I don't think it was to be fair, because I mean <laughs> they it, it did look it, um, to be fair, Burgess and Haladji did look completely not knowing what each other were doing. So I'll accept it as it was. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting anything, but um just bizarre. My 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 bet was gone in 20 seconds. Up up in smoke, 5k down the 5K, toilet. 5k just, just like that. that. But easy come, easy go, isn't it, Mike? I mean, I guess yeah. now you probably console yourself with another sports car, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, probably will get another one. Maybe more more property in Spain. Who knows? Mm. Um, boys, 
let's have an aside, shall we? Just a, just a pause, first of all, to remind you that we are brought to you in association with Manscaped.com. Use the code KOA at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all their excellent products. And also, obviously, get your tickets. If you haven't already, you've not seen it yet, never lost at home at the New Woolsey Theatre, the story of Town's remarkable run to UEFA Cup back in 1981. Um Tickets available now, £10. I think they they start out on the new Woolsey website. Um, in terms of entertainment, Stu, normally we'd have a little game. Well, in the history of, the, of this pod, we have had little games. The strike now residing over on KOA Fan Social. Mark's big question. Who knows when that will come back? But today, Stu, you have cooked up a little aside for us. We're calling it Stu's Little Game. I don't know if it's got a theme tune. I don't know what it's about, but I'm excited to find out. So over to you, my friend. Um... Has it got a no? It hasn't got a theme. Shall I invent one straight away on the top? Just, free, just freestyle. Okay, just freestyle, freestyle it. Okay. Uh, middle names, middle names. What's in a middle name? Middle names. Middle names, names, names. There we go. So, Sue's little game. What's in a middle name? Rhymes, works. What's the game? Uh, the game is I'm going to read out some Ipswich Town players' middle names. Uh, I'll give you a couple of options. You've just got to say you've got to pick an option A or B. Like simple it. as that. S- simple, yeah. Good game. It's a good Go. game. I stumbled across some interesting ones recently, so that was the that was the idea behind that. Um, I'm going to start off with a, a klaxon. When you hear the klaxon, that's a KOA special because it means the middle name is either going to be Mark, Stuart, Ross, Mike, or Andrew. Nice, Andy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's start with one of those. Wow, KOA special <laughs> Scott Fraser. What are you going what, for? What we've got guesses. What's his, guess mid, his, what's his name? middle name? Okay. One of our names, but which one is it? Scott. Now he obviously is Scottish. So I can, can I can I can I jump in if I know it? Well, do you know? Do I, don't, you know no, I don't know it. I don't know. I just want to. I just want to say. Don't it. spoil it if you know is it. it. A rush? Is it? A, I don't know it. I'm just gonna. Oh, I yeah. Just, I mean, that's, okay. that's the key. We need to. We need to consider the methodology here. How's this going to yeah. be? Um, Marshalls to is it just first to say or if you've it... got a pen and paper maybe that would be the uh the best way um this, this, is, great. this is great audio <laughs> ross is leaving i've got a pen and paper I'm, pen. I'm a professional right good i've got saturday's team sheet can i make a note on that oh i've got that as well of course you can yeah yeah right. okay well, i've got, I've yeah, got my answer ready scott fraser yeah reveal your answers can you see that so Mark says Andrew, Ross says Stu, Mike says Andrew. I've got dog, as well. up. I've got dog up there because I've got to do Ghana on golf in a minute after this. Uh, <laughs> okay. but I'll put Andrew. Okay, Ross. It's a point to you, my friend. It's Scott Stuart Fraser, spelled S T E W, the incorrect way, the Scottish way. Fair play. So point to Very Ross. Good. Okay, Rakeem Harper. Is it Rakeem? Yeah. Is it Rakeem Shaquille Harper? Nice. Or is it Rakeem Jordan Harper? Oh. See what I've done there. I know this already because we used this once upon a time. I'm ready. Me too. I can't Reveal. spell the first option anyway. <laughs> oh, we've all gone for Jordan. You've all got a point. Well done. Yes. Score. Well done. Okay, George Edmondson is is next up for you. Is it? Is George Edmondson's middle name Sam or George? What? George? George. 
Well, well, I think that's a trick one. Well, yeah, yeah I think so. Obviously, famously, Gary Neville and Phil Neville's father is is called Neville, so it's not that unusual. What are we going for? You got one. Oh, we got a George. We got a Sam. We got a George. The correct answer, my friends, is George. Yes. Is George is George George Edmonds. I'll tell yes. you why. His <laughs> I need to delve further into this, but his actual first name, it looks like, is Samuel. His right. full name is Samuel George Allen Edmondson. So it looks like he goes by his middle name okay. as his first name. So mm. we need to find out a little bit more about that one. It's good game, It's good game. Liking it? Yeah. Yeah, many, you could do a I, drinking game with this, couldn't you? Every could. time you every time you write, you've got to neck it. Ross I mean, it is, ro- it's half rose, past yeah. 11 yeah. in the morning. It's it's early doors. I'm on the rosé. Um, yeah, on the rosé. I mean, <laughs> obviously, on the rose. <laughs> obviously, the rule is it, it's 5pm somewhere in the world at any time, isn't it? So technically, yeah. you're okay. How many how many rounds have we got of this? Uh, just just till we get bored, really. Keeping your own points. I'll do, I'll do two or three more. So it's, I, think it's, I think we're all tied at two at the moment, aren't we? I've got no I've got idea. Two. Yeah. yeah, I've got two as well. Yeah, I got the last I'm one. I'm going to rely on your own honesty here, okay? Yeah. Uh, James Norwood. Is it James May Norwood, James Hammond Norwood, or James Clarkson Norwood? Very good. Very good. I see what you've done there. Thank you. So May, Hammond, or Clarkson? Correct. Yeah. One of those is James Norwood's middle That's name. That's a most unexpected middle name for, for James Norwood. Um mm. This is all according to Wikipedia, which we all know is is absolutely correct. Can never be questioned. <laughs> Shall we uh, reveal? May, yeah, we've got May from Mike there. We've got Hammond from Mark. Go Clarkson. Read that. And May as well. The answer is Hammond. Yes. Come on. Wow. Hammond. James Hammond. Hammond Norwood. Hammond Norwood. Where would have thought it? That, I mean, that implies some kind of um, posh background for Norwood. I mean, we know he's a lord, don't we? Technically a lord. A laird. Uh, a laird. Uh, and his middle name's Hammond. Good lord. We'll go with the manager next, Paul yep. Cook. Is it Paul Anthony Cook or Paul Joshua Cook? Topical. Very good. I don't know how to spell it. Doesn't matter. I don't know how to spell it either. We've got an Anthony, an Anthony, and an Anthony. You are all correct. Paul yes. Anthony Cook. This is an easy. This is an easy game as well. Wow! Wow! Oh, what's that noise? <laughs> it's a KOA name special round here. Hayden Coulson. He has one of your names as his middle name. But what? Excellent. Is it? Oh, this is brilliant. I tell you what, I could play this. All, I could play this all day. Why don't we just play it all day then and not do any work? <laughs> yeah. Because I think that will, that will lead, lead to us losing our employment and uh, therefore yeah. being paid to do this nonsense. Of course. I'm going with this one. It's the best well, we, of names. Well, we got, we've got Mark. Mark's gone for Mark. Ross has gone for Ross. Excellent. Oh, Mike, you didn't. Mike's gone for Mark as well. I'm afraid the answer is Ross. Oh, it's Ross. Ross. So Ross backed Ross. himself. Correct, yeah. Aiden well Ross. Austin. Did you know that, Ross? No, I just thought uh, I did do last time. I'll do my, this me next time. So I'll do one have of we, you next time. Have we had enough? Do you want these well, to roll need, over to another we need, week? We need one more because it's five, five, four. So we need a okay. winner. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, well, let's go for Joe Piggott or Joseph to give him his full Christian name. Joseph Piggott is his middle name. Joseph Wozencroft Piggott. What? Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Godwolf Piggott. What? I know. I know. One this. of those is correct. I know this. Uh, Wozencroft or Godwolf? Those aren't even real names. What the hell? That sounds, <laughs> well, like sounds like something. Are. Sounds like something out of Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with it again. We've got a Godwolf, a Godwolf, and a Wozencroft. And Ross knows his onions. It's Wozencroft. Wozencroft. A quick Google said that that's some kind of Anglo-Saxon origins. Uh, I then found an Anglo-Saxon name creator website, which gave me Godwolf as an alternative. You. Joseph David Wozencroft Piggott to give him you his are, full you name. You are a professional. What, that, I mean, that is remarkable. And we need to find out more about this. I said that it made Norwood sound posh, but Joe Wozencroft Piggott, good, <laughs> wow. goodness goodness me. And we've all learned something here today. It's edutainment to the max is what we're I've all I've got about. a few more of those. Maybe we could roll over to another week. 100%. Mm. Okay. I, I enjoyed that. Do you want to do a little theme tune as an outro, Stu? Uh, yep. <clears throat> Uh, middle names, middle names. What's in a middle name? Middle names. Middle name, name, name. There we go. I hope you enjoyed that first edition of Stu's Little Game, What's in a Middle Name? Soon to return to this very platform. Boys, someone who's returning to Portman Road tomorrow, Doncaster Rovers, bottom of the table, Doncaster Rovers. Under the lights, they've just been to, all the way to Plymouth and lost. And now they're coming to Portman Road. So they're going to be tired. They're going to be miserable. They're bottom of the table. They've lost at Plymouth. All that, that travelling they've been doing. Surely now, boys, Ipswich Town are going to put someone to the sword, aren't they? Stu, you said 3-0 Town in your prediction for this game tomorrow. Um, how are we feeling? What are we doing with the team? Obviously, the main talking point going into the game is it's the first time that Sam Morsey can play in a league game. Your thoughts, please, Stuart Watson. I would imagine Sam Morsey goes straight in. It sounds like Paul Cook sort of said if Idris was going to get his chance with Sam Morsi soon to come into contention, this had to be the game. Um, as well as he played, I, I don't think it will be enough for Paul Cook to uh, keep his captain in waiting uh, waiting any longer, basically. So I imagine Morsi will go straight in. The good news is he said that Carl Edwards comes into contention. So if he wants to freshen things up at the front end, whether he's ready to go straight back in as a starter, and we don't know the nature of that injury, um, Adds a bit of firepower up front. So I think an Ipswich Town squad that might have two or three players freshened up under the lights at Portman Road. As you say, Doncaster have just had a long trip back from Plymouth, bottom of the table. Ipswich need to win this game. They've got to win this game, really, haven't they? And I think I think they will win this game. Excellent. I like it. Mike, who are you pairing with Morsey? We've had an audition process over the last three games to see you can be his, his partner in the, in that, those deep midfield roles. Um, he's definitely going to start tomorrow, you'd imagine. Who would you start alongside him? Now, you see, it depends on Evans. We don't know about Evans. We assume he probably, uh, if he's got a, a hamstring, not likely to suddenly recover from that in a, in a couple of days. So I'd assume, I will assume Evans is not there. Um, do you know what? I I was so impressed with El, El Mazzuli. I, I mean, I, I, he's a young lad, right? He's, he's all this, all this bollocks about you can't play two games in three. I bet he can. And I was really impressed with him. I thought he brought a bit of, um, he was fresh, he was energetic. 
um, and that he'll allow Morsey just to sit and just dictate. And I think he'll and he'll obviously spark off an experienced player like Morsey. I thought Carroll did well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, but, but I if you ask you ask me who would I put? Okay, I'd have I'd play Elmazuni again. I thought he did well, and I don't if he's fit and strong and feeling good and wants to go again. And after Tuesday, you might think Evans might be back for Saturday. I don't know, but for this match right here, right now, I don't quite know what he's done wrong to not be picked. To be honest, that's, so that's how I'd go with him. Fair enough. I mean, when we started this chat three games ago, when we knew that Morsi was couldn't play for three games, um, if anyone had said Idris El Mazouni will be the starter alongside Morsi in his first <laughs> league game, I think we'd all have gone what? But now potentially that that is what could happen. Roscoe, what would you do with, with Morsi in midfield? And is there any anywhere else you'd look to make changes in the side? Obviously, Ed, Edwards, if he's fit, I assume comes back in. Uh, bring Cameron Humphreys through, you know, the other young lad. No, no, no. No, but no, it was good to see. Um, his nickname is Iddy, Idris. Iddy. So um, if you can't say Idris, so you just go Iddy. Um, yeah, I'm a bit on the fence with this. I think I'd like to see Iddy start, but I think Tom Carroll has been fantastic the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, I'm very much, I don't know, really. Do I want to use the homegrown player or do I bring Tom Carroll in because he's been fantastic? So I'm, I'm not going to decide. No, decide now. Give me an uh, give me an answer. Who are you putting in now? Now, all now, of, all of them. Idris, why not? Let's Idris let, let Idris play again. Yeah, excellent. Good decision making. Carol for me. Carol for me. I like him. I think he's got a bit of pedigree. He's uh, he's understated, but I think him and him and Morsi have got the makings of a good partnership. And what else are you doing, Stu? Freshening things up elsewhere. What, I think what are you doing? Back five's got to stay the same. Um, wouldn't be messing about with with that at all, even if Walton is. Is available now. Um, I know we had this goalkeeper debate going into this one and leaned towards sort of Walton if he's your number one. But Halaki was so assured. He's had two really assured games now. I think that would be super harsh to take that away from him now after those two appearances. So same back five. Uh, as I said, Carol and Morsi. Then you might just want to just try. I, th- I don't think Selena will, will start again, if I'm honest. Um Chaplin off the high of scoring a goal, maybe maybe that's the the door opens for him. And then where where you play him, whether you play him as the ten and keep Fraser left or put Fraser inside and move Chaplin out to the left, I, I don't know. But um, I think maybe Chaplin for for Selena would be would be an option. Mm. And there's no question, of course, that Bond starts up front. It, it's tough to remember in, in recent times a player that's made themselves so important to a side so quickly, isn't it? Because not only is he scoring goals, uh, and even on Saturday when he didn't score goals, it was his kind of play that led to the, the equaliser. Um, he's he's become, come in and become almost indispensable already, hasn't he, Mike? Yeah, I mean, of course he, he has, and that's to his credit. You know, we've said this before on this podcast, and, you know, he's he's made the shirt his own. But I would just like to see him... We can't keep relying on Macaulay Bond. You know, this is, this is my only slight you know, thing. Yeah, I'd just like to see some more people bombing into that box, giving him a hand. Because as, as Stu rightly said, he runs the channels as well. He doesn't just stay up front and wait for the ball to come in the box. He'll run the channels. Well, if he's running the channels, who's in the who's on the penalty spot when, when a cross comes in? You know, and that's mm. where... Um, I think I, Chaplin's a kind of more of a yeah. striker. And I think he, he's someone who has played up front. So I think his instinct is to get in the box mm. rather than sort of drop back and, and link play with midfield. So it, it might help might help sort of uh, change that dynamic, possibly. I think um, The other one is, think, is Burns as well. Sorry, Mike, carry on. I was going to say, I think you're right with Chapman. I think Chapman's probably got the best potential for number 10 out of everybody we've seen because his instinct on Saturday was get straight in that box when when he saw what Bond happened to Bond. I know he'd only just come on the pitch, but he, that was his immediate reaction was to, 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 to sprint into that box. Um, yeah, I, um, 
I think he could. I think he was. I think Stu's right. If Selena doesn't start, I'd start Chaplin anyway. Mm. Okay. Burns as well has got these sort of this nagging Achilles problem. Is he? Is he another one that can go again on a Tuesday night? Is he in the red zone, as the sports scientists would say? He was. He was okay on Saturday. He worked hard, wasn't he? His end product isn't always consistent. Um, you've got these these attacking options. I think I would be inclined to maybe maybe even freshen up another one of those. You, you could even try, when we're talking about the number 10, you could even give Rakeem Harper a start as the number 10 and you could play Chaplin wide right, which he finished at, at the weekend. Um, so I like, there's options I like there. I like that, Stu. I like that option. The dream, running things at number 10. Why not? Um, prediction time then, boys. Ipswich Town unbeaten now in two games. Let's not, let's not forget that. Unbeaten in two. Um, are they going to get the first home league win of the season Tomorrow, I'm going to start with you, Stu, because you've already predicted before this weekend. You predicted three nil. Are you sticking with that one? Uh, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll I'll stick with that. I just felt that I went for a one. I know in my in my bets for Andy, I I failed, but in my actual real prediction, I went with a one one. That came correct, and uh, I had this down as a three nil. It just felt feels like to me this could be a a lift off moment. We've talked about things slowly starting to come together. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with that. I'm feeling pretty confident. Three 0 Someone's going to get a tonking from this town time. Um, in short order, is it going to be tomorrow, Mike? Stewie says three 0 What are you saying? Yes, I think I think Town will win. I don't think they'll. They might not get three. I'm going for two nil. Um, and of course, their, their nickname is Donny, which of course is uh, after Donny Osmond, who um, used to sing with um, <laughs> back in the day. If you, uh, of course, I remember the Osmonds, but you probably don't. Crazy Horses, if you YouTube, it is one of the greatest uh, rock anthems of the seventies. Crazy Horses by the Osmonds, which of course included Donny Osmond, and of course Donny are called Dongster are called Donny. Um, is that why, is no, that why it is? Is that right? Yeah, they nicknamed after Donny Osmond. Of course, they didn't. Anyway, so anyway, um, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't the club didn't exist until the Osmonds. Is that <laughs> exactly? Donny Osmond created the uh, created the uh, Anyway, yeah, two 0 I'll go for. I think two 0 and I think and I think Chaplin might get another. Excellent. I'd just like to reflect on on what we've just listened to in the last minute or so, and what Mike Bacon, the big porker, brings to this pod, and why we always get hashtag more bacon when he's not here. He's taken a very simple question there about the score of Ipswich Town Doncaster and brought the Osmonds into it and Crazy Horses. <laughs> Fantastic. What else do you need? Um, Rossi, we're saying there's two wins there. Are you saying three wins? What are we saying? I am, but I'm not getting too carried away. We're still in the bottom four. Just saying, you know, we're fact. still 21st. Fact. The fact there. Um, and of course, Doncaster bottom. So it's the, uh, a battle of the bottom teams um, Tuesday night under lights at Portman Roads. Um, but I am going to go for a win. Um, and I think it needs to be a statement win. So I'm not going to go for a 4-0 win, but I'm just going to go for a nice 2-1 win. We're going to be, you know, 2-0 up, and then Doncaster just score a consolation goal. So no clean sheet for the um, Vaz. Okay, so we've got 3-0, 2-0, 2-1, Donny Osmond, crazy horses. I'm saying I'm saying 2-0 as well. Um, so we're all predicting a victory for town under the lights against Doncaster. Um, boys, any other notes before we, we take our leave and get on with our day? Not, as Mike suggests, do nothing for the rest of the day? Well, just how disappointed the Ryder Cup was, if you don't mind me saying. I know it's nothing to do with football, but I'm very disappointed with the Ryder Cup result. I don't know if you all... Well, we obviously, um, you know, to lose so heavily as we did. That was uh, always, always going to happen. 
Well, I think it probably was, but I mean, you know, I mean, I, I play a bit of golf. I mean, I, it's one or two putts that I'd have sunk. I mean, I really can't sort of, can't give a head round, to be honest. But anyway, um, apart from that, no, I mean, I, I, I'm just looking forward to Ipswich Town's first uh, home win of the oh, season. Oh, there's tomorrow. an idea. You know, sometimes we come up with ways that you could improve sports to make yeah. it more exciting. How about in the Ryder Cup, you have to give at least one wild card pick to just a complete amateur? Both Spot teams. On. Absolutely. They just pluck someone like Mike Bacon just to, yeah. And he's just suddenly part of the, and yeah. Part of the squad. And we'd see. My my wife had one of the best ideas for improving golf. I mean, I love golf, don't get me wrong. And the Ryder Cup for me is one of the best team competitions in sport. But the wife hates golf um, among her many sports that she hates and hates me <laughs> watching. Um, her idea was to, to basically turn golf into the Serengeti and release wild lions and tigers and stuff onto the courts. <laughs> add some Add some peril. I mean, obviously, in Florida, some courses in Florida, you do actually have crocodiles and alligators. But why not? Let's let's go a step further. See if we can actually see a player eaten live on TV. <laughs> I'd, I'd pay for that pay per view all day long. Um, any any other business, Rossi? No, that is it for us. I think. End of here. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! What's this? We weren't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this. It's the siren, which means there's this is a winner takes all scenario. Oh, wow! You know what the siren? I don't need to explain it now. We know what the noise means. The name is Connor Chaplin. Shout your answers out now. Uh, uh Mike. Uh, uh, Mark. Are you googling? Oh, no, no, think like... it, Ross. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Mike. The answer is Mark. Who said Mark? Me. Mike. Mike. You win today's oh. podcast. Hey, and quite quite right after that, Donny Osmond aside, um, Mike takes home all all the Mike takes home the bacon. See what I've done there, boys? <laughs> yes, very um, good. <laughs> that was lame. Um, I just want to give a shout out to someone uh, who's running the London Marathon this weekend. One of the KOA Army, Chris. Wade, East London Tractor Boy, is running the London Marathon this weekend for the charity, the Lullaby Trust, which raises awareness for cot death uh, and fund research into the cause uh, and help parents uh, and bereaved uh, siblings as well. He says, I'm running it in memory of my son, Tyler, who passed away in 2012. He would have been 10 this year. I've done a lot of challenges over the years for char- for this charity, uh, including visiting all the football league stadiums within five days, every Scottish league stadium. In four days, I've done bungee jump, skydives, the Three Peaks Challenge, Dewey. We know how tough that is. Uh, he climbed a mountain in Tenerife, plenty of obstacle courses, half marathons, etc. But this is probably the biggest challenge I've ever done. Um, so support a member of the KOA Army, please. Uh, Chris East London Tractor Boy Wade running the London Marathon this weekend. I think his handle is at Chris Wade 88. Um, but um, I'm sure you can find him on, on Twitter. He's, he's fairly well known as Chris. So, yeah, if um, if you can, support Chris this weekend. That's happening on Sunday. Um, Town are playing Doncaster Rovers tomorrow night. All the boys will be there, so follow it with us. Mike, you're about to go off on rotation. Have you got any plans for your days off, Mike? Um, no, I was going to cut the grass, but it started raining. So that's um, that's going to put pay to that. But um, how's, might... how, how's your wall, by the way? The wall? Well, I'm not being funny. He hasn't finished it yet, and I'm getting a little bit peed off, to be honest, because it's half, you know, you know, half a wall is not funny, is it? You know, it's halfway across. And um, I had someone sit on it the other day. No. To wait, just to walk past it to rest, and they sat on the wall, which only half, it's only half built, but I, I came out and started cutting the grass in front of them, so they moved on. <laughs> Superb. There we go. Um, latest wall update there. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, 
get, leave us a five star review on iTunes, please, friends. Um, it helps us greatly with the visibility in the iTunes charts. It helps us recruit more people to the ever growing Kai Army, and also follow us on social media across um, Kings of Anglia at Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, I hope you've enjoyed today's pod. Doncaster at home tomorrow. We've learned today rats can climb drain pipes and can emerge up the U-bend in your toilet. Do not have nightmares. And also, surprisingly, um, Doncaster, Donny, nickname comes from Donny Osmond. And also, even more surprisingly, Joe Piggott's middle name is Wozencroft. What a way to end things. Have a great start to the week. Enjoy the game tomorrow. And we'll speak to you again later on in the week. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash